Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chidi Jacob, and here this morning that we may partake into this fellowship with the Word. I trust that you are doing wonderfully well in the grace of God and you're experiencing the reality of all that God has done for us. I'm going to continue from the pattern of conversation that I was having yesterday. If you haven't listened to yesterday's message, please do, because it will help you. And the reason I keep laying these foundations is to make it easier for you to come to a place of full faith. For I perceive in my spirit that there's still a lot of people who are, you know, holding on. Listen, it's like God is trying to, a new wind, God is trying to move you to where he has always wanted you to be. But you keep holding your hand to old patterns. You keep holding your hand, grabbing you. It's like you are grabbing some things for dear life. But that grabbing, that thing that you're holding is while it looks like you're not making any progress. It looks like, but you know deep down in your hand, in your heart that you've got to let go so that God will move you by himself. Praise God. Amen and amen. And the reason I'm saying this is because, listen, all of us, we've been there. You know, we love to hold on to the familiar. We love to hold on to the things that we are, we've been told. And when things are repeated over and over and over by so many people, it starts to become something like truth. Like I was explaining to them in church the other day, uh, a brother had asked a question, a new member of the church had asked a question, uh, Pastor, what about this scripture that says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I remember uh, not too not too long ago, those, things, those uh, lies were preached to the point that it became a truth in the life of people. That what uh, the psalmist is talking about is, you know, uh, something wrong, something your forefathers did, and that happens to be your foundation. So that means your foundation is destroyed, and that's why you can't succeed. That's why you can't get a job. That's why you can't get married and all that stuff. I mean, that's like baloney. That's like 100% lies. But it's a portion of scripture that was lifted out of context, made a lie, but it almost became truth. And you know what? When such lies are inserted in the heart of people, they believe it, it starts to work out in their reality. Don't forget what believing is. They may be knocking it off in their head, but deep down in their heart, they have accepted all those things. So now I'm saying this because we are used to, and, and I think I, I, there has to be a reason why I'm bringing this up over and over. You know what our conversation has been. You know what I'm talking about, but I want to encourage you this morning to let go and let God move you. Now, again, I'm saying this so that it is easier for you to enjoy this reality that God has brought us into. There's nothing holding you back. There's nothing stopping you. And I want to bring this matter this morning because one thing that will help you so deeply in this transition to experience all this is when you understand this reality. And stop looking for a God in the sky. Religion damaged, kind of, kind of removed the reality of God. How did that happen? It makes us, you, to focus on a God that is in the sky while denying the presence of God that is in you. The plan of God has always been to be one with us at all times. That where he is, we too, we may be. God left heaven 
and came down here, became a man, died, rose from the dead. The physical body went up and then he came back as the spirit to dwell in us. Yet, many forms of religion yeah, are focused on an external deity that they are worshipping. Like I said yesterday, man is always looking for something to worship. Man is always looking for something outside there to feel inferior and have a superior feeling for something on the outside. But like I explained yesterday, even the scripture at the end of it all is supposed to reveal man how God became a man to reveal man to himself. Praise God. And so it will help you. It will be easier for you to transition. It will be easier for you to have massive manifestations the moment you focus on believing the reality of God that is in you, that has become one with you, the God that lives in you should be more real to you than the one that is in the sky. Unfortunately, all our worship services, our preachings, our prayers are dedicated towards an external God outside there. Why, why we continue to ignore the God that is in us? Friend, your reality changes. It is easier for you to believe, right? That you can stay and see a vision of something and that thing comes to pass. When you are sure that you are one with God, such things become easier. When you are sure that God walks inside of you, don't forget again, this scripture comes to mind and I think you should master it. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, I've said it over and over again. The brother Paul, the apostle by the spirit, right, says unto God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above everything that you can ask and think of. But where is he doing it from? He didn't say according to the power in the sky. He didn't say according to the God in the sky. He says according to the power that is at work. Notice he says according. That means that the level of power that is at work is what God works with. But that power is resident where? Inside of us. This is a, a very significant change. I hope your eyes will open to understand what I'm trying to help you see this morning. This is a very significant change. Once you... Once you make this shift and stop chasing and pursuing a God in the sky, but come to terms with the God that is at home in your heart, the God that is you, the God that you have become, the God that has become one with you. Once you cross that bridge, then it is easier for you to see how you can conceive a vision knowing that you're walking with your father as one. There is no separation between you and God, right? But you are Focus on the God that is inside of you. Then it's easier for you to see how you can conceive a vision, how you can draw up a mental image, how you can be at the end from the beginning because God is you. You are God. You are one with him. Praise God. Now, this is what has been the problem of man. This thing I'm addressing since yesterday has been a big problem because, again, if you uh, read the book of Acts, where the Apostle Paul got to the city of Athens, I think it's Athens, and then, um, you know, it, they had a culture where people gathered and just talked about new ideas or debate about old existing ideas and stuff like that. And so when Apostle Paul showed up, they said, well, uh, well, who is this babbler? What does he have to say? And Apostle Paul began to speak to them. He said, look, as I walk around your city, I perceive that you are very religious people. And, and I think this is very common to 
Africa also. We are very religious people. We like deity. We like gods. We like something to believe in, something to worship. And again, that also uh, confirms to us that it is not only your forefathers that worship idols. Even Oyubo forefathers, they too, they worship idols. Now, just listen to me. Apostle Paul said to them, Hey, I perceive as I walked around your city, I perceive that you are very deeply religious people for I observed all your temples to the point that you even have one temple that you built and dedicated to an unknown God. Now he picks up from there. He said, well, that God that you worship, you don't know, is the one that I present to you. And he began to deconstruct their mind to remove their mind from the god that is outside he said well this god i'm talking to you about is the one that created the heaven and the earth so he doesn't live in temples made by human hands right and that was a way to remove their, their mind from temple worship and then he says to them again well he says this god is not something that you can cast in iron cast in distance and start to worship him in an image right okay he's trying to remove them from focusing their faith on images then he goes ahead he said look this god he has everything if he was hungry you can feed him if he was thirsty you can you cannot give him give him to drink for he has all things but listen to what he said he said this god can be fair we can feel this god that this god is not far from us that's what apostle paul was presenting to them that's the way he presented the gospel to them he said this god is not far from us it's not far away he's closer to us he's around us we can feel him he was trying to point them away from temple worship idol worship worship a god in the sky to come to the reality of a god that lives in them for somebody listening to me this morning, this is going to be that breakthrough that you've been looking for because your issue is not that you have not heard, you have heard, but you're holding on to the patterns that you have believed. Now, and when you hear me say this, it's making more sense to you because now you understand the difference that your problem has been outward worship. You're looking for some God and that's what all of us will be in there. All of us have been there. It's just of recent that I started to pay more attention to this as the Spirit of God highlighted it over and over and over again. Don't forget, the reason I'm saying this is not to condemn anybody. The reason I'm, not, I'm saying this is not to say this is wrong, this is right. But don't forget, we have to grow from state to state. Yes, there were a time that we were given to all this. Even Apostle Paul said to those people in Athens, he said to them, said, in those days of ignorance, God winked his eye, like God intentionally overlooked. But right now, he's commanding all men to come back to him. That brings another story, if you, if you allow me this morning, in John chapter number 4. Jesus made that woman on the well. I've read that story for many times, but it's of recent again that I started to see more light in the story. Jesus met that woman and he said, please, can you give me water to drink? And the woman looked at him and said, hey, hey, how can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, to give you? For of course, you know, the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. But why? But why is that? It was on the account of religion because the Jews considered every outsider as unclean. Don't forget, that was why for Brother Peter to go to the house of Cornelius in, in, in Acts of Apostles chapter 10 to go and preach. Cornelius, is a, Cornelius, uh, Cornelius sorry, was a Gentile. For Peter, this is, this is, watch this carefully, this is after Peter had 
filled with the Holy Ghost, healed the lame man by the, but for him to break, listen to me carefully, uh, beloved. Please understand how difficult what I'm saying is. This is the Apostle Paul that lived with Jesus, saw Jesus, did everything. He was the one that Jesus spoke face to face. Peter, care for my sheep. He had received the Holy Ghost. Peter was the one who performed the, the, the uh, miracle uh, by the gate uh, for the lame man. But in the midst of all this, he was still unable to let go the religion of the past. Because for him to go to the house of a Gentile to go and preach, right? God had to give him a supernatural vision and tell him what I have called clean, don't call unclean. I mean, if this was too deep for Peter after he had encountered Christ, then you too need to think. Now, but let me go back to what I was saying. Now, again, if this was this deep for Peter, imagine how deep it could have been before Christ, uh, you know, came. So this woman said to Jesus, how can you, a Jew, ask me, a Gentile, to give you water? And of course, you know the story. Jesus said, hey, look, if you know who is speaking to you, you will even ask him and he will give you water that does not run out. The woman said, okay, well, uh, this uh, well is deep and I don't see you having a bucket. So she was talking, thinking about physical water. But listen to what happens here. When Jesus gave, him, gave her a word of knowledge, say, hey, go call your husband. She said, well, uh, you know, I have no. Jesus said, you're right. Okay. You know, you have had many and the one that you are now is not your own. Now, the woman said, I perceive you're the prophet. Okay. So listen to this very carefully. She went on straight to come back to religious question she said okay now so now i think that your prophet you should know so tell me said our fathers worship god where in this mountain but you the jews say that god must be worshipped in jerusalem so which one is right listen to this carefully the people who were worshiping in the mountain who were they worshiping they were worshiping god just like the people of athens but the only thing is that they were worshipping a God that they didn't know. Jesus looked at her and said, well, woman, let me tell you. He said, you Samaritans, you worship a God that you don't know. But who were they worshipping? They were worshipping God. So their objection was to God. But they were just ignorant. Right? But they were worshipping God. And then, so Jesus says, you guys worship a God that you don't know. And we, the Jews, worship a God that we know. When he said the God we know, he's not talking about that we have a correct knowledge of God. He's talking about we worship from experience. And of course, that, that I hope this will make sense to you to tell you where the church is falling, where these other religions have fallen. Those people that you have castigated, that church have told you to castigate, they are evil, they are bad. Could it be that they are worshiping but they don't know the God they are worshipping. But it's the same God they are worshipping. They just don't know the God they are worshipping. But you, you are worshipping from experience. You say, well, I went to that church. When they sang, I felt something. And somebody gave you a testimony how God took them to heaven. And this testimony, and this, this testimony, based on those experiences, you are worshipping God. Look at what Jesus said. He said, listen to me carefully. Jesus said, woman, the time is coming and that time is now. When the true worshippers of God, we worship where? In truth and where? In spirit. That talks about oneness with God. In truth and in spirit. He say, in fact, for the Father seek such. 
And now to confirm to you what I'm saying this morning, the woman said to Jesus, okay, well, don't worry. When the Messiah comes, he will teach us all things. And then Jesus says, hey, I am he. Now listen, who were the Jews? The Jews were worshipping in the temple in Jerusalem. But what, what were they worshipping towards? They were expecting a Messiah. The ones who were worshipping in the mountain, who were they expecting? They were expecting a Messiah. Is there uniformity in that? Yes. But Jesus says, the worship of God is neither going to be in the mountain or worshiping by experience. No, but you're worshiping in truth and in spirit. And that speaks about what I'm telling you this morning. That you're going to manifest more. You're going to experience, experience more of this reality. The moment you start to focus on the reality of God that is in you, that is one, the God that is one with your spirit, Anybody who continues to point you to a God outside there is denying the presence of God in your life. Any God who is presenting you a God that you have to, you must go somewhere if you don't do it like this, if you don't go to that mountain, that person is ignorant. And so now, don't forget, there are many people, even some of the people that you castigate today, the people you call evil, the, some religions you call all kinds of names, could it be, I'm not saying anything, I'm asking you, could it be that they are worshipping, but they just don't know the God that they are worshipping? And you too, could it be that you've been worshipping, but you're worshipping the experience and not the God that is in you? Jesus says none of that matters because a change is coming and that change is here. Praise God. Beloved, listen to me carefully this morning. I'm going to begin to round off now. I just The reason I'm saying this over and over is that I've been talking about and teaching. Oh, thank God for the testimonies. I was in service yesterday. Amazing testimonies. You can look at the face of the people and see what is happening. Everybody has something wonderful. It was exciting. Everybody had a testimony to give. Everybody has something. I'm talking about something real, right? We're talking about from healing testimonies. We're talking about, um, um, you know, experiences about trying to sell the, all kinds of stuff. But it will get better and greater the moment you zero in your mind on the reality of God that is in you. The God that lives in you now, now, now. Okay? I'm not saying you have to conjure him to come. I'm not saying that you have to pray to him to come. Okay? I'm talking about the God that is ever present in you. The God that is always with you. Once you are assured of this, then it will be easier for you to see because of this presence of God that is in you. It will be easier for you to see yourself in a different way. It will also be easier for you to start to see how you can sit down, close your eyes, in your imagination, in your creative inspiration, in your creative imagination, to start to change things. Because you are guaranteed that as you do that, and now you with God, they do them together. Praise God. Amen and amen. I hope this has brought some clarity this morning. Don't forget, the reason I'm saying this the reason I will, I'm bringing this from yesterday to today is to help you so that you can manifest more. You can experience more. You can have more testimonies. You can enjoy more of this God. It will help you once you detach your mind from the God that is in the sky to focus on the reality of God that is ever present in your heart. The most unfortunate thing, one of the most unfortunate things that we see is that we go to church to listen to people, to us, say things, but we don't believe what we said. I'm sure many Pentecostals will agree that God lives in us. 
But then if he lives in us, how can we be praying as if he's not in us? If he lives in us, how can we be worshiping as if he's not in us? If he lives in us, how can we not be sure of many things if God lives in me? How can I not be sure that I have power? How can I not be sure that I have faith if God lives in me? Praise God. You see how big this is. It looks like, it looks like it's a minor thing, but it's actually big. Because once you believe that and focus on that, then you start to see a new reality. Praise God. Let me stop here. And by the grace of God, I'll come back to you again tomorrow. So continue on this. Trust me. And when I say trust me, I'm saying trust the spirit of God in me. Trust the God that is in me. That it can only, for you and I, it can only get better. Please enjoy your day and don't forget this morning you have been served. Shalom.